Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Rachel. Rachel, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I I don't know if you knew this, but your company was our first company crush. Oh, nice. Like four four and five years ago, we used to follow you. Be like, "Where's Rachel going?" And then like we would try to try to try to get in with the same people and show up to the same show. And like, I, it's one of those things where you probably don't realize what an impact you had on us. Oh. And then you know, through Jessica and Susan Leckowitz and others, like we've really always followed you. And I I do follow your content out there, and I know just a couple of days ago you produced something uh, talking about your uh, thyroid. I, I guess it was 13 years ago and the importance of, you know, sort of the head and neck oral screening. Yes. I'm, I'm so happy that you produce content like that. Thank I, you. I've told the story many times of how we've got started around John Barroso and, and, you know, he used to go sit with my mom during chemo, but it, it was actually at uh, her dentist appointment that they first started talking about that she might have something wrong and, and, mm. and, and, you know, she should go get checked out. And it was actually him who identified some things going on with her, with her teeth and, and some, some things like that. And he said, you know, I, th I think there's some, some underlying problems and you should go to your, to your primary care and get checked out. And it, and it did turn out she had cancer. And, wow. Uh, I didn't know that, that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I'm so glad that we're putting that kind of content out into the world. But what have you been up to? I Last time I talked to you, I think we were talking about staffing and how at, at the time, around 10% of hygienists had left the workforce. And yep. I think that was two years ago. And I don't know that any office I have is completely happy with their hygiene staffing mm -hmm, at the moment. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah. What have you been up to and how's everything going? Uh, thanks, Eric. It's good to reconnect with you. I appreciate you reaching out and inviting me to to join your show here. Oh, what have we been up to? We've just working. You know, we're just still doing our thing, uh, growing our team, um, really trying to get a handle on what's going on. You know, in the in the world of dentistry and hygiene, from a practical sense, um, listening to our clients. Um, listening to the hygienists that we work with and what is going well and what their challenges are. Um, we're back to speaking, you know, at conferences and things like that. And those have been really well attended. So that's exciting um, to see that. I would say, I think we're all, you know, a bit more, um, I would say we're a bit more, at least I am more intentional of putting time in my calendar for family and not mm -hmm. feeling like I have to be everywhere um, and say yes to everything. And that has felt really, really good. And, you know, we, you and I were talking in the pre-show just that you've got young kids, I've got teenagers and yeah, I'm seeing the glimpse of the time when they're not going to be around every day, you know, and I don't, I don't want to squander that time that I have with them. Mm -hmm. So that's been part of what I've been doing the last couple of years too, is how can I be really intentional with the, the time um, that I'm spending? And I'm not always great at that. You know, we all goof off on a work day sometimes mm -hmm, and we mm -hmm. get to the end of the day and we're like, what did I do? I just checked email, responded to email all day long. That wasn't very productive, but some, you know, sometimes you have to do that. Um, yeah. yeah, you mentioned, we've, yeah, we've been, we've been doing well. You mentioned, you know, the kids, I read this statistic uh, several years ago that said in the entire life that you will have with your child, um, 90% of the time you spend with them will be before they're the age of 12. Mm. And I really think about that as my girls start to get older and how You're right their activities that. are taking. And, yep. you know, every night we used to have dinner as a family and now mm -hmm. someone has swim and someone has dance and mm -hmm. someone, 
And I really, that's really been mindful of me post COVID and, you know, we, we have definitely reset in the home around, you know, everyone's home for dinner. If an yep. activity cuts into dinner, we're moving it. Yeah. I'm so glad. I, I think that balance is so important mm -hmm. to the longevity of, and just being happy at work. Uh, mm -hmm, it, it's, for sure. It's hard to love what you do every day when it's a grind and you don't get mm -hmm. the reward. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're taking mm -hmm. time on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I, I am too. And, you know, Kirk Barrett, who's, uh, you know, an amazing presence in our industry with Act Dental. He has this, um, you know, talk about 16 summers, right? We get 16 summers with our kids. So I'm seeing those, like, I think I've got maybe two left with my daughter. So we're, we're going for it this summer. We're going to do some cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. We'll spend time that's together. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you seeing in hygiene? How... As we talked about earlier, I think every 120 offices, I think every single one could improve their hygiene schedule. They could improve the staffing. The offices that tend to do well, uh, you know, what are you seeing versus the offices that tend to have staffing in a line versus the offices that may be struggling? Mm -hmm. I think some of it is, I mean, it's all over the board, Eric, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would not want to make a judgment on this office, th th this group of offices is getting right because they're doing X, Y, Z. Mm. Some of it is where they're located. You know, some of it is their proximity to a dental hygiene school. Um, and some of it is culture for sure. Uh, you know, how are they presenting themselves in the community? How are they caring for their employees, their team members? Um, you know, do they have a healthy culture uh, in their practice or do they have a flexible work environment? Um, are they challenging their team to learn and grow in a positive way? Um, I think all of those things, um, you know, play into it. Are they listening? Are they, are they asking their team, like, how are you feeling here? Like, what's going well? What's not going well? What, what can we work on? Um, and really having that open dialogue and, and open conversation. So I think there's so many factors mm -hmm. that go into those practices that have solid staffing. And they're, they absolutely are out there. I mean, we're still, you know, um, working with lots of clients on coaching and they're doing that because they're willing to invest in the hygienists that are there um, and also invest in their practice and having these systems and processes that aren't that are only reliable on the hygienist. Right. So so having practice systems, practice standards of care, practice protocols so that it doesn't change every time the hygienist changes, because that's not in the patient's best interest. They don't get that continuity of care. Um, so we're still, we're still, you know, plugging along and working and, um, seeing things improve some, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. And I think it mm -hmm. will be for staffing for a while. Now, what are the trends you're seeing in hygiene today around staffing? My wife's a nurse and I know that they are moving toward, um, more flexibility. They're, mm -hmm. they're having to modify hours. It's yep. very, very difficult to find a nurse who's willing to work, you know, the traditional four twelves. Yeah. Are we seeing some of those things cascade into hygiene staffing? Absolutely. And, and, you know, particularly with the shortage of hygienists, you know, hygienists kind of have the upper hand with regards to what they're requesting now, whether or not the dentist, um, respond to that right in a positive way or not kind of just depends on, you know, their mindset and what they're thinking. But 
Um, and I think there, there's a way that the hygienist can approach this in a positive way that's good for the business and good for them as well. It doesn't have to be so one-sided. But yes, we're absolutely seeing that um, shift to more flexible work hours, job sharing. Um, I think there's a large, there will be a large percentage if there are not already. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have any stats to quote because I've heard some things, but I don't have that, um, you know, right at the tip of my my tongue right now. But, um, you know, 30% or more uh, hygienists working in a more of a gig type uh, role than a full-time employee. Um, certainly one of the big impacts after COVID with staffing was, um, you know, we saw, like you said, probably about 10% of hygienists leave the the um, profession. Some have come back. Um, and I would say the other piece that really impacted it was a lot of people did not come back full time. Mm. So they may have stayed in the profession, uh, but they came back on a part time basis. So we weren't able to fully, you know, fulfill all those days that hi- that patients are wanting care. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see that there is a uh, push. I don't know how loud the voices are yet in this, but for license portability, um, you know, which the medical community has, you know, a much, um, they're, they're so far ahead of dentistry mm-hmm. within that regard. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I think it would allow, you know, practices, something that I've seen with practices that are in maybe resort areas or smaller towns that might be, you know, in a ski, a ski area, you know, if they have a, if we have licensed portability, they might be able to attract hygienists from a much bigger pool you know, for summer activities or skiing or things like that. And, and honestly, that could create, it seems unstable, but it could create more, st- more stability than, you know, having a different hygienist in your practice every week. Yeah. I will say over the last eight months or so, we have actually had dentists come to us and say, we want to punch up our social media, not to get patients, but to help recruiting because we're so tired and we want to do more behind the scenes and highlight our culture. You're talking about staffing. And I think the, we're talking on the, on the pre-show, I think the ramifications to marketing, I think the ramifications to operation, I think that, I I think they're so powerful. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I I think having the office protocols versus having the hygienist lead the protocols and having a strong office manager and having strong scheduling all matters because one of the weird little side things that we see from the instability and hygiene in some offices is the front office is calling patients to move the appointments. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, I, I, I think they really, those offices really discount the powerful message they're sending that if you can move my appointment, I can now move my own appointment. That's right. That's right. And now we're seeing these, we're, we're seeing this empowerment of these consumers to there's patients to shift around their own appointments, which is incredibly disruptive on the schedule. Yeah. And yep. I, I think that's one of those really interesting byproducts of hygiene stability is you got to get someone in there that can see the patients at their scheduled time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing in some practices that, that, that activity of moving and rescheduling has been happening now for years. Mm. So, you know, how I, I agree with you. We've talked about before the pandemic, you know, we train our patients, you know, so if we're constantly moving their appointment, just like you said, it's teaching them that they can, or if we say, Oh, we've got an appointment for you tomorrow instead of today, then they're going to know it's easy to reschedule. Right. Uh, you know, so 
it, it, yeah, that, that is disruptive. I think it's going to be interesting and, uh, you know, to see what the impact of, you know, having practices that have a lot of guest hygienists and maybe don't have as many uh, full-time employees or even part-time, you know, permanent employees, how does that affect their reviews? How does it affect, you know, the retention of patients? Um, now, the patient may not have a better experience in that aspect if they go to another practice, because if they're in that same area, everybody's probably facing the same challenges. But, um, you know, how is that going to affect the growth of practices from that perspective? And certainly, I, I want to say that um, having a practice protocol, that doesn't mean that your your hygienists that are there in your practice are not involved in creating that. They 100% absolutely are. Mm -hmm. But it is a practice standard of care. And for me, you know, I've been a, a guest hygienist over the years. And for me, there's a lot of comfort in that. If I walk into a practice and they say, hey, here's the deal. Like, um, we want you to feel comfortable. We want you to feel supported. We're here for you. And here are our protocols. Here, we've already reviewed the charts for you today. And here's what all these patients need. We're going to have a team member that's going to be here to, you know, support you as much as they can. Man, that would make me feel like so welcome there. And like I could actually do a good job instead of just being in there and saying, I'm just here to kind of get through the day so we don't have to reschedule these patients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've been in that position before. And it's hard. It's hard to walk into a practice that you don't know where anything is. You don't know how they operate. Um, you're looking at the charts and trying to like get used to how they're charting and what they're charting. And you've got a patient showing up in 10 minutes. So, you know, if there's a way that we can prepare, um, you know, a debrief for that guest hygienist when they come in, it's not only going to make their day easier, the doctors and the team's day easier, but you're going to have help the patient get a better experience. What's the best way to communicate those office protocols if you're having temporary hygienists come in? I mean, are you recording a video on your phone and sending it to them? Or are you, do you have documentation around it? I'm trying to think if I were a hygienist coming in to, to work, you know, X days in a practice, what I what would I want to walk into? Right. So it's it's so this is something that we're developing right now. And so um, I think it will be a combination of all of the above. I think it could be a brief, you know, even if it's like a, a 30 minute onboarding call, if you know that you're going to have a guest hygienist for a week or maybe somebody's out on maternity, if that, if it's going to be a longer period of time, I think that everybody's willing to invest more time, right? The mm -hmm. guest hygienist is probably willing to invest, you know, more time to maybe come in one afternoon and just kind of get a lay of the land where everything's located or, or even have them come in and shadow for half a day you know, before they start seeing patients. Now, that's not really practical if you're, you know, trying to fill because somebody's out sick or something like that. But yes, having something that's pre-recorded that you could send to the hygienist the night before that they could listen to, you know, on their way to work that day. Um, and then having almost like a handbook for them that's really bullet pointed and having somebody prepare um, the schedules ahead of time, just even to say, you know, Rachel is, you know, today's the day that she's going to have her FMX. We're going to have it all laid out for you. Um, you know, and then Eric's coming in next and, you know, it's time for him to have his comprehensive period evaluation. And here's how we do that. Just even having those things laid out is such a help. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can see how it is. It it because I think you're right. I think we're going to be seeing. I think it's going to be more common than not to have temporary workers in the in the yep. in the offices. I agree. Uh, now, what are you, let me switch to sort of the industry trends we were talking about. I I will say, and, and, and part of it is just the the friends of our friends tend to be offices that are, you know, pushing toward fee for service or out of mm-hmm. network. What are you seeing as far as I, I think you said something around when you started several years ago? You had you know you've almost seen a flip in PPO. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell me about what you're seeing when you talk to the the doctors that that mm-hmm. you guys work with. Yeah, so 20 years ago when I started Inspired Hygiene, 80 percent of our clients were fee for service. 20% were in network with some plan. It was usually one or two big plans, you know, in their area. Um, now I would say um, up until maybe the last two years, uh, 80% were in network and 20% were fee for service. And we are um, pretty quickly seeing that shift. Now, I don't think it'll go all the way back to the other 80-20, but, you know, um, we're seeing a lot of one to two location, um, you know, practices dropping over the period of maybe six months or a year, everything, even Delta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, still supporting patients with filing the claims and that kind of thing, but going out of network. Um, I'm in some private dental forums. I'm seeing that there as well. And they're able to then support each other right as they're going through this process because it's very scary um, just talked to a client last week. Um, you know, this is a very small practice and she's in a metropolitan area with a very young population. And, um, yeah, she's like, we're, we're going to go out of everything. So I'm seeing that. And so what that means is Eric, they're going to need, you know, help from you to differentiate themselves, to create that convenience to create those relationships with their patients so that they retain those patients that they retain, you know, that role in the, in the community. Yeah, we, we've seen it huge. And it's, it's interesting that one of the first things that dentists want to do because they've done it for years is send a letter out saying, I'm not taking Delta anymore. Right. And and please do not do that. Right. Oh my gosh. It's just opening the floodgate to all these things. And, And we really started, we're not coaches. I don't, I don't, you know, even like the vernacular when it's a marketing company, but like we've really started talking to our offices and, and coaching them, if you will allow me to, the, you know, talk out of both sides of my mouth on do not send an email. Like you need to call yeah. them and you need to talk about what you're going to do and talk about the process because um, we have had several dentists begin to get cease and desist letters from Delta as they yes. started to communicate how they were getting out. Yes. And why they were getting out. Yes. And why they were getting out. And and the insurance companies are beginning to get so aggressive about this and and, and they're they're using these fear tactics Mm -hmm. with the patients and the dentists. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it, you just, you can do it without any of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but yeah, this, this whole industry, you know, we got to, we got to get out and we got to send a letter. Oh, please don't do that. Yeah. Well, so you may not want to say you're coaches, but you are and you're strategists. So that's mm-hmm. part of their strategy of maintaining the flow of customers in their business is to not send them a letter saying you should leave, you know, like cause that's yeah. essentially what it is. And then we've also I've seen, I think, probably on social media, right, where a dentist did that and then they had to send a retraction basically 
Delta required them to send a retraction to their patient saying, you know, um, we, we've got it. They just had to retract some of the things that they had said because it was, you know, they were defaming Delta in, unintentionally. No, right? a, and no one a, would think of that, but man, they zeroed in on that real quick. It's a really benign comment that Delta's picking up. And it has to do with when a dentist starts talking about Delta is paying lower fees, that is what they're zeroing in on. Yeah. It's not like you're out there saying Delta is the worst company ever and they're terrible. It is Delta has lowered their fees and we have decided that we're not going to let them dictate quality of care. We're, mm-hmm. And and that statement, which is, a, I think, a, a statement from the heart and accurate, yeah. they are picking up on and saying, you can't mm. say this is defamous. And uh, yeah, it's 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 the wild, wild west out there mm-hmm. in getting out of insurance. And, mm-hmm. and I hope that you know, offices really take it serious, but I will say we have had, and there's a lot of fear mongering around getting out of insurance, but we have had in, in some of the rural parts and, and, and even some of the suburbs of, of our offices, very, very heavy Delta, you know, mm-hmm. 50, 60%. And we've seen them get out of, get out and only lose about five to 10% of the patient wow. base. And they complain about that 10 and, and, and sometimes it's 15, but honestly, those are the people who aren't accepting treatment above what the insurance pays anyway. Right. It's it's not your best patients you're losing. You're losing the 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 sort of folks who are already having to be be you know worked around treatment plans and spread out over multiple years. You're not losing your your top, you know, 40, 50, 60, 80% of patients. You're losing mm-hmm. sort of the the ones mm-hmm. who are really only doing what insurance would pay for anyway. Yeah, and I think if you're all, if you're also combining that with making it very clear to your patients how you can work with them for them to be able to afford the treatment that you're recommending, right? Creative financing, being forward with that instead of waiting for somebody to ask for a payment plan, like just being upfront with that. Mm-hmm. I think that can help offset it. I would say I've got to mention this, and I did not come up with this, so I have to give credit to Teresa Duncan and and Lois Banta, who are who would be great guests for your show, by the way. Is Teresa was one of the first people that I heard say, "Don't send a letter. Like, talk to your patients as they're in your office. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. start six months early, or stick, start at six months prior to when you plan on, you know, um, stepping away from your contract, and start because you have a relationship with these people. So build on that." Build on the relationship, um, you know, because if we just send out the letter, they feel like we're dropping them. And then Lois always says, don't ever say that. You know, it's we're changing the way that we're working with your insurance company. Um, you know, we're shifting the way that we work with mm-hmm. United Concordia or whatever that might be. It, it doesn't mean that we're dropping the patient. Um, we're just changing the way that we're working with that. It doesn't mean that we're necessarily not going to file your claims or, you know, we're just it's just that to me is so simple um, and so beautiful, both of those things and really can go a long way. Yeah. We like completely agree. And that, that is wonderful advice. I like to almost triage the patients and say, these are the folks that the office manager is going to sit down with mm-hmm. and talk to about a, 
you know, a health plan and we can say, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're rolling out a, as part of this health plan. You're going to get two or three free cleanings. And, and yeah. I, I use, I hate to use the word free, but I, I yeah. wouldn't ever use it with the patient, but yeah. you know, you, you know, you, included. you'll be able to, mm -hmm. right. Included. And, and this is what it's going to look like. And, mm -hmm. you know, we'd love to keep you. And then these are the people that this person almost assign them who they're most connected with mm. and start talking through it. But I, that's, that's wonderful advice. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't stress enough that the connection that the offices have is so deep and, and it's a pain to go to another office. Like it is. just, just filling out paperwork alone sends some people into some form of anxiety and, and it's just not fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just today, you know, you were talking about this. I just had some surgery right here and the scarring is not going the way I want it to go. So I'm like, do I go back to the dermatologist that I've had an okay experience with over the years, but it's, you know, 30 minutes away, or do I go to the, this new dermatologist just new to, to my office complex? It's literally like my back door opens to their front door. And so I go online and I'm, like, yeah, I got to call, make a new patient appointment. It is a pain, but I'm doing it because ultimately it's going to be better. And the reviews were incredible, mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. specific to what I'm dealing with. So I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, let's just but, see how I can get in with this person. Yeah. But that, I think that's a perfect example of how high the bar is to leave. Like, like it wasn't automatic. You had to, you no, had to go read a I, review and think about it. And I thought about it for uh, like a month, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, you spoke one time at one of our town halls and I've, I think you're a phenomenal speaker. I've, I've loved it. What Thank is you. next for you in speaking? Where are you going? What I, I saw you had a book. I, I saw you have other things going on. Mm -hmm. What is, ha what's next in the world of inspired mm -hmm. hygiene and Rachel Wall? Uh, what's next in the world of inspired hygiene and Rachel Wall? I'm going to be updating the book. So I wrote my book return on hygiene, uh, gosh, probably in 2018. So it's time for an update uh, to that book. Mm -hmm. We are um, just developing ways that we can further support our clients uh, and their longevity. And, you know, our clients come to us to help either uh, really create solid systems and elevate the services of their hygiene department because maybe they don't have any, any they've just kind of been running, you know, working on other parts of their practice and now it's time to focus on hygiene or maybe they did some work on with the hygiene department in the past and they want to really refine and take things to the next level with regards to, you know, um, really caring for the patient in a high level uh, by fully integrating their hygiene care into how it can impact the patient's overall health. You know, how do we integrate, some of these new products, some of the new technologies that are out there. Um, so with our clients that come to us, they're asking like, how do we stay connected to you for longer? Um, so we're building something like that. It's going to be called Legacy within Inspired Hygiene. So excited about that. Uh, where am I speaking? I'm speaking a lot of study clubs, actually. Um, I just had a fantastic time at Henman this year, spring of 2023. It was awesome. I love speaking at Henman. Um, but I will, um, be speaking a lot of study clubs. That's something I really love to do for doctors and for hygienists combined. Um, so for example, we're doing like a Thursday night doctor event. Um, just talking about some of the trends of the hygiene department and how doctors can really support, um, a thriving hygiene department, mm -hmm. even in the environment that we're in. And then the next day is more of a CE 
for, you know, the teams and the hygienists were doing that. Um, I just uh, also joined um, on the team for Celerant. Um, Celerant is a leader in consulting technology, um, technology and dental manufacturers and dental businesses. And so I've joined their team. They're the ones that do the best in class awards for mm. For dental products. And so I've joined their hygiene best in class um, team that gets to like evaluate and decide on what those are, those awards are. And we'll be doing some like corporate uh, consulting with some dental corporations through them. So that's exciting. Um, and our team at Inspired Hygiene is just rocking and rolling. They're doing awesome. They're an amazing group of, of individuals. Um, and we really enjoy working together and being able to impact our, you know, our client practices so that they can in turn you know, have a positive impact on their patients. Yeah. I still think back so fondly on the days of Dr. Heller and getting yeah. him and he's retiring soon. I mean, he's still yeah. at it, but it was so rewarding to have you come in and, you know, get his hygiene up speed and Jessica handle the CFO and me handle the, the chief marketing. It, it was such a wonderful experience. And it was, it, it's such a testament, I think, to the company you build and the product Thank you. of you of that you, uh, that you have. So thanks so much for jumping on the show. I know it, Absolutely. it's, my pleasure. you're so busy and it's so humbling that uh, you would take time for us. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for reaching out to me, Eric. It's a pleasure to reconnect. And yeah, that was a fun time. And I have to say, you know, I have to give Dr. Heller all the credit for, um, you know, being willing to invest and surround himself in the, you know, in the twilight of his career so that he really could um, go out. You know, he's just a person of such integrity and just go out knowing he has done everything he could to care for his practice and his patients and really set it up in a way that's that's going to just continue to thrive even when he's, you know, playing golf and hanging with his grandkids and all those things. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Rachel, thanks again for jumping on. And that was your bite of dental marketing for the day.